When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are rolling along. We are presented, as always, by Progressive Insurance. Uh, delighted that you are there. Really fun. I mean, we're having so much fun. This is such a... I hope everyone understands what it is we're trying to do, you know? It's such a complicated time, such a complicated moment in in, in our <laughs> in our lives, in, in just a, in, in, in civilization, and um, I think just the fact that like, we, we I've been saying this for 20 years, I, I feel like my role is to try and bring you a little respite from that. There's nothing I can do to change what's happening in the world. And there's nothing I can do. There's no way in the world I could cover it better than it's being covered practically everywhere else on your TV and on your radio. So I've always said, I feel like if you choose to put on ESPN during this time, TV or radio or whatever it is, it's because you're looking for a break from that as we are. And so maybe that's one of the reasons we've been a little sillier than than usual lately, smashing helmets and just all sorts of crazy, silly fun, because I, I feel like we could use a little right now. And so if we're bringing you a little bit of that, then then hopefully um, then hopefully we're we're doing it right. Um, I want to also say that when people that we love live to 83 and accomplish as much as they do, their passing is sad. But it is a cause for celebration. It is a reason to celebrate, not not to cry. And with that thought in mind, I want to say rest in peace to the great Burt Young, who was a, an outstanding character actor for decades in Hollywood. But for many of us, if not most of us, will always be Paulie from the Rocky movies. I don't want nothing from you. I don't want nothing from you. This ain't no charity case. Get out of my house. It's not just your house. You're no friend no more. Get out of my house, I just said. Don't talk to him like that. Both of you get out of my house. He was so good. That was the Rocky One Paulie, in which he was sort of a, a little edgy and drunk and a little scary as the brother of Adrian. Then in Rocky Two, he was unbelievable. How's your face, Rock? Oh, no. How's it look? I wouldn't want it. <laughs> he was so good in those movies. And, and then, of course, the really famous in Rocky Four, where he tells Rocky that he loves him. Hey, Rocky, I know you're kind of busy just now, but I want to tell you some things I never told you. I know sometimes I act stupid and I say stupid things, but you kept me around and other people would have said, drop that bum. You give me respect. You know, it's hard for me to say these kind of things because that ain't my way. But if I could just unzip myself and step out and be someone else... I want to be you. You're real hot, Rock. That's good. Now bless this guy's teeth out. I love that guy. I I, I absolutely loved him. Rocky 1 is my favorite sports movie ever made. I would put it number one 
on my list of my favorite movies about sports ever made. I also have a very, very specific ranking of the Rocky movies. It goes Rocky 1, followed by Rocky 3, followed by Rocky 2, followed by Rocky 4. Anyone who disagrees with me, you're going to have a problem. All right? I'm not including the Creed movies because those are totally separate, totally separate genre. Everything about them is different. But the Rockies go one, then three, then two, then four. I will not hear it. The Dolph Lundgren Drago movie is not better than Clubber Lang as Mr. T. He absolutely is not. Clubber Lang as Mr. T should have won an Oscar. You're nodding at me. Have you seen these movies? I've seen them all. You've seen them I'm all. I'm from Philadelphia. Clubber Lang, in my opinion, Brand, uh, Bubba, tell me if you agree with this. I believe that there are the two seminal performances in the history of American screen are Olivier's Hamlet and T's Lang. Mr. T as Clubber Lang is one of the truly indelible and great performances of all time. But if you were to name the characters who were most memorable in all the Rocky movies, it goes Rocky and then and then probably Mickey and then Pauly, right? Does it go Mick second, Burgess Meredith is That's second? That's right. I think you have that right. They're, they're all more memorable, yeah. I think, than Adrian. Um, but I love those movies. Bubba, you a fan? Oh, I love them. And the uh, the Clubber, the Clubber Lang drop is up there, too. I just put up there that, oh, we, yeah, that we always played all the time that we loved. Yeah, it's one of the most famous moments in, American, in, in the history of the American screen. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so good. Oh, they were the best. Yeah, I, I, I loved. It. I actually just rewatched. I was at my my friend's house, and he has a younger son, and he was just re, he was watching them for the first time. I happened to be over there. Uh, it was last winter, and we I watched uh, rewatched Rocky Four. He was watching for the first time. That was his first time watching. So I got a chance to see it again. And yeah, they're they're just they're just the best. I absolutely love. Those movies, rest in peace, Paulie. Rest in peace. Who is in? A, he was great in a ton of other great movies. The Pope of Greenwich Village is a great movie. He's very, very good in that. He had a type, and he played it perfectly. And he was a legend, and he lived to eighty-three. So rest in peace, and we celebrate today the life of the great Burt Young. This is Greeny coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier Seventeen. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Next, you ask these questions. Greenie's question of the day. I have an interesting one. We were kicking this around yesterday, and I want to put it out there, okay? So if there's one thing I think we can try and do on this show is try and make you a smarter sports fan. You'll listen to us, hopefully not just to be entertained, but also to be informed about a few things. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to draw a comparison. In, in this, I want to say it was the first year we were doing Get Up. Maybe it was the second. It was, 20, it was the 2019 football season. There was an overwhelming belief that Tua Tungavailoa was going to be the number one pick in the draft. Everyone was tanking for Tua. Tua was the best player. He's one of the greatest quarterback prospects ever. Tua, 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 Tua. And somewhere in the midst of that season, I want to say it was week four, week five, somewhere in the midst of that college football season, Ryan Clark, LSU product, said on Get Up, Greeny, Joe Burrow, is going to be the number one pick in the draft. And do you know what I did? I laughed. Not externally. I would never laugh at Ryan Clark. Have you ever seen what he did to people? <laughs> ever see him hit Wes Welker? I did not laugh at him. But inside, I laughed and said, that's one of the most homerish things I've ever heard in my entire life. There is no conceivable chance that Joe Burrow is going to wind up getting drafted ahead of Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Sure enough, 
Three months later, Joe Burrow won the national championship. And seven months later, he was the first pick in the NFL draft. What does that have to do with today? I'm glad you asked. It has been a fait accompli for what feels like two years now that Caleb Williams, USC, Heisman Trophy winner, spectacular, all the comparisons to Mahomes, has everything in the world going for him, is going to be the first pick in the draft when he decides to come out, which we assume will be at the end of this season. I am starting to get a feeling that we may have another Joe Burrow in our midst, and his name is Drake May. You know that I host the draft for the network. It's one of the great honors that I've ever been bestowed was was getting that gig here. I love hosting the NFL draft, so I follow all that. I listen to every podcast I can find, and I am starting to get the feeling that Drake May from North Carolina could wind up being the next Joe Burrow, which means could wind up becoming the first pick in the draft in a year in which everyone assumed it was going to be someone else. What do you think? I think it's very possible. I don't know that it's likely, but I think it's very possible. In fact, so possible that before the season even started, I played Drake May at four and a half to one as a long shot to be the number one overall pick in the draft because I know how these things work, because I work with you. And so I've observed how the NFL pre-draft process worked, how the hype machine, how that sausage gets made. Caleb Williams was brilliant last year, and Caleb Williams has been brilliant this year up until the three-interception game that he just had at Notre Dame. But just you watch. All of a sudden, if Caleb Williams starts to fall off a little bit, right, we'll be comparing him to himself and how he's regressed year over year. People will say, well, he's only six foot one. Drake May's 6'5", 220. Drake May's what they look like, Right. That could very well happen. I think Caleb Williams has to still be considered the leader in the clubhouse, but by no means is it a fait accompli. It would not surprise me at all, even if by the end of the season, Caleb Williams is considered the, the, the favorite to go 1-1, if throughout that uh, pre-draft process, someone talks themselves into Drake May being the first pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I sit here thinking about it, think about the quarterbacks that they have talked about, quote-unquote, tanking for, Okay. I remember tanking for Teddy. I remember sucking for Sam. I remember tanking for Tua. None of those wound up being the first quarterback taken in their respective class. Sam Darnold was eclipsed by Baker Mayfield. Very late, too. In the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that wound up being a uh, who knows what's going to wind up happening. And, of course, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have proved to be better from that class. Who did I say first? Oh, Teddy Bridgewater wound up going late in the first round and people were talking about tanking for him and he wound up going late in the first round and he turned out to be for the most part a a journeyman quarterback we'll never know how good he might have been if he hadn't suffered that terrible injury it probably had a significant impact on him but one way or another he hasn't become you know a, a legendary hall of fame caliber player Tua has turned out to be very good but I don't think anyone is saying oh what a mistake it was taking Joe Burrow ahead of him I think more people have wondered whether Justin Herbert should have gone ahead of him. That's become sort of a nice debate right now. In fact, that could wind up being a great quarterback class. Those three guys could wind up being a really good quarterback class. If Tua stays healthy over the long run, Joe Burrow, Tua, and Herbert could wind up being sort of an Eli Roethlisberger Rivers-esque kind of quarterback class. It definitely could. If I could promise you health for all those guys, who would you say is going to be the best of those three quarterbacks over the next, say, 10 years, if you had to choose one? Based upon the organizations for which they play, Mm. I mean, all other things being equal, if you're asking me which one I like, I like Herbert. 
Well, he's destined to be Philip Rivers. But he's destined to be Philip Rivers because he is. He's Philip Rivers reincarnate because of the team that he plays for. And he's signed long term there, so he's never getting out. So in that regard, I think he'll, he'll be like Philip Rivers. He'll put up ridiculous numbers and never win anything. I've heard you compare Mike McDaniel, like not like hyperbolically, to Bill Walsh. Yeah. If you think that he and Tua pair and, and, and let's say build this marriage together for the next eight or ten years, like, do you think we could see like, what we're seeing now spread out over a long period of time? Yeah, you do. I do. I, do. I, I think that they're that good. I think they're going to become a team everyone wants to go play for. His creativity on offense is extraordinary. To be clear, I'm old enough to remember before Bill Walsh was Bill Walsh, like when Bill Walsh first got to San Francisco and he drafted a quarterback named Joe Montana, who was not a first-round pick, who no one thought, oh, they're about to revolutionize the sport. But they just started doing stuff offensively that we hadn't seen before. The sport was previously dominated primarily by tough guys, right? Who were the legendary coaches? Vince Lombardi is going to, you know, big motivational speech and we're going to knock their teeth down their throat and all that kind of stuff. And in came Walsh, who was this cerebral, skinny guy who had this offensive concept, the, the quote-unquote West Coast offense that no one had ever heard of before. Well, now three-quarters of the teams in the league have run it between then and now. And here comes McDaniel. Again, I'm not saying he's doing something that is completely new. I mean, he's a Kyle Shanahan guy and all that kind of stuff. But if you watch the level to which he has taken it, all the I love the term window dressing because that's what it is. Watch them play. I can't keep track of where anybody is. I don't know how the defense keeps track of where anybody is. Just everyone is moving all over the place, and you need a conductor. They're like an orchestra, right? you got, like, Tyreek Hill. He's running over there. He's the string section. And then you got, you know, Jalen Waddell. He's running over there, and he's the brass. And then you got, you know, Raheem Mostert's going this way, and A-Chan's going that way. And, and that's, you know, that's the, the flute and the woodwinds and whatever else you have, the percussion whatever other instruments you have. And the next thing you know, you got one conductor in the middle of it, and that's Tua, and no one can stop it. And that's basically what San Francisco was. And Montana had a lot of great skills about him, but his primary one was his accuracy and his toughness. And the question I think on Tua will always be is, will the concussion questions wind up shortening his career? But if you you put into the equation that, I would say I like the situation they're in better than anybody, including Burrow and Cincinnati. Yes, I agree. If, if, we, if we are presupposing good health, I think Tua and McDaniel have the chance to be potentially historically great over, the, over a long period of time. I mean, this is an offense laying waste to the NFL right now at a time in which the scoring environment is down. They're averaging eight yards per play. Yeah. Completely unheard of. All right, coming up next, I'm going to ask you a question you were not expecting to be asked, and I will be fascinating to hear your answer. We'll do that right after this. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? 
Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. We roll along here again. Uh, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. R.I.P. Burt Young. As much Rocky as we can get in today, I'm happy to do. I loved him. He was Paulie in the Rocky movies. He was great in a lot of other movies, too. Uh, died at the age of 83, and as was a tradition on the old show and on this show. You live to be 83. You live a long, full, wonderful life, accomplish as much as he did. Of course, his passing is sad, but we celebrate a life lived well like that and certainly a wonderful career. So uh, we played a bunch of that earlier today. Uh, rest in peace, Burt Young. We, we will never forget how great you were in those movies. All right, I'm going to ask what I think is a really interesting question this morning, and I'm going to ask you to give us your answers, and I'll set it up in 30 seconds after this word from AutoZone. Are you dealing with a dead battery? Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination, where they offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. The free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not. If you do need a replacement battery, they can help with that. They're the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right, so here's today's question of the day. It's set up by something we played you yesterday from Tom Brady. Should I play it again? You want to hear the Brady again? I think you should, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people probably weren't with us yesterday. So Brady's on his podcast, um, which is called Let's Go. And, you know, he's an interesting guy. Brady, I I find him to be a fascinating person. Like most of the really great ones, there's an unpredictability about them. Frequently, they just don't say the thing you would expect them to say. And that's what I think makes most of the all-time great ones fascinating. And Brady, of course, is right there with the list of the all-time greatest ones we've ever seen. So he's on his podcast and he's talking about the nature of the sport that he played and all the rest of that and and how he's worried that the physicality is coming out of the game. This is Tom Brady saying this. Here it is. You know, this isn't touch football. This is real football. And I think the physicality, which people really enjoy, I certainly enjoyed. I, I love that physical element of the sport. I don't think we should ever lose that. And I think that we are, you know, there's so many people that are, you know, want it less and less physical. It's a, it's it's more like flag football, which is going to be in the Olympics in 2028. You know, which maybe football goes to flag football over a period of time. <laughs> I don't think fans will like that that much. Then everyone should stop about you know unnecessary roughness calls. So so here's the thing, and I'm going to set up calls in a moment on this. 
because I'm really interested to hear what fans think. I'm going to take you back years now. Hambo, you might be able to look up when this happened. But Time Magazine had a cover story about pro football talking about how the game was going to look totally different into the future. And it went way overboard. I mean, it talked about how maybe they would eliminate offensive line play and all that kind of stuff. But talking about how the game was going to have to, one might say, evolve, others might say, just fundamentally change. This has got to be 15 years ago at least. It's right around the time. Are you finding it? Are you seeing it there? It was right around the time that that concussions and head injuries and all that stuff started being talked about in the sport. So this would have been like the late 2000s, something like 07, 08, 09, something like that. Are you seeing it? It doesn't really matter. But I'm remembering, do you, do you, do you see it there or no? no? I'll find it. Oh, you'll find it. It doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to gauge in my own head how long ago this conversation took place. And I remember Mike and I going back and forth about that, and he kept saying that that couldn't happen, that, 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 that you couldn't play football that way. And, of course, I didn't have an answer because who knew? I was very concerned about the future of pro football, to be honest with you, at that time, because I thought the fundamentally dangerous nature of the game would ultimately could potentially be its undoing. It was somewhat fashionable to say at that point that pro football, as we knew it, might cease to exist. And guess what? It did. Pro football, as we knew it then, does not exist anymore. If you turn on a tape of what a football game looked like in 1973, and now here we are 50 years later and see what it looks like in 2023, they're barely playing the same sport. Barely. Football was a physical sport, super physical. I mean, taking what Brady is talking about to the nth degree. If I put that tape on for my kid, my, my son Stephen, who lives and dies pro football, who literally, while in, on his semester abroad in Prague, watches not only on YouTube the Jets' head coach's weekly press conference, but the offensive coordinator's weekly press conference. That's how crazed he is about football. If I put on a tape of Mean Joe Green or Dick Butkus, or forget about those guys, much more recently, much more recently, Ronnie Lott, James Harrison, players like that, he wouldn't believe it. He'd be like, Dad, that, what do they do? You, could, you, were, you can't hit a guy like that in the head. That's a defenseless receiver. That wasn't a word we used. No one on a football field was defenseless in the 1970s, 80s, or 90s. Your mere presence on the field meant you were 100% fair game. And so some might say, I feel like Brady is saying, that the game is the lesser for it. I'm here to tell you I think it might be better. Now, does part of me miss the big hits? Of course. They were thrilling to watch. We used to have a feature on, on ESPN called He Got Jacked Up, like those huge hits. That was a big part of the game. And generally speaking, the, gla- the, the gladiatorial nature of the sport was one of the things that I think made it popular. But I actually think it's a more watchable game now. It is much safer than it used to be. Of that, there is no question. And the people who run the league deserve a lot of credit for that. They over Over the complaints of so many they took a lot of that stuff out of the sport because they knew they had to and i think that they have made it as safe or close to as safe as it can possibly be let's let's be clear football is a sport that is never going to be without danger it is by its nature a a dangerous activity injuries are a 100 percent certainty and some of them unfortunately are going to be serious But I think they've made it about as safe as they can, and they continue to try to do that over much mockery and other things. 
But here's the thing. You look at all the people who've come into the tent. You look at all the fantasy football players, all the ways the offensive numbers, the scoring, all those things have changed. I'm old enough to remember when Lester Hayes would have so much stickum on his hands, you couldn't even see his fingers. And if you threw anything in his direction, it would stick to him. They took that out of the game. That was a huge part of it. I'm old enough to remember where Jack Tatum would basically say, if you come over the middle against me, I'm going to take your head off. And once he actually did it to a player named Daryl Stingley so badly that Daryl wound up in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. I have to see, used to see him at Bulls games all the times. God bless him. That's what football was. Would it be better if that was still now? Do you think it would be as popular now in the culture that we live in now with as sensitive as we are to certain things now? Do you think the, the, the tons and tons and tons of new age fans that are now into the sport would be if it was still that? I'm not sure. Now, I don't know exactly what the demographic makeup of our audience is, but I'm going to throw this open. My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. I want you to answer the following question. Are we getting away from what made football great, or is football actually better right now than it's ever been? I'm asking you that, and you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. This, of course, trickles down on some level to the college game as well, where they have targeting penalties. There were no targeting penalties when Dick Butkus was targeting people at Illinois. So that's the question. Is the sport better or worse for the changes that have been made. I think an argument could be made. It is better now than it's ever been before. Hembo, what do you think? Well, this is not really a question that you, you can answer numerically, but here are a couple just even so. The league earned $18.6 billion in revenue last year. That figure is double since 2012 and tripled since 2005. So from a business model standpoint, it's pretty clear and obvious that what the NFL is doing is working really well. And I've worked at ESPN long enough to remember times in which talking about the NFL and its concussion problems was an overwhelmingly big topic. Yeah. Now our biggest problems are things like, should every team have grass instead of turf? And should the officials be better? That means football is in a really good and healthy place. I agree with you that the fantasy element, the gambling element, so long as you have, you have people that are as protected as possible and some of the biggest stars in the sport, their athleticism can be exemplified. Like what Mike McDaniel's doing, who we just talked about, this would not have been possible with the way that the rules used to be. Like the, 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 the enter, from an entertainment standpoint, uh, standpoint, the game is great. And the quarterback play is great. And that's really important because there was a year not so long ago that quarterbacks were getting knocked out of playoff games and right. they were ruined as a result of it. So the NFL has this right. In life, everything is about trade-offs. And I think the trade we've made here is worth it. What we might lose in the sort of romantic physicality, we have more than made up for in everything else. Yeah. So what we're not talking about is whether this is the right or wrong thing to do ethically or morally. Of that, I think that it's beyond question. You cannot have people uh, walking around the way we see some of these guys that did the rest of their lives. It's, it's tragic and horrible and is not worth it. And the further we came in, in our knowledge of it and understanding of it, the changes had to be made. But what I'm saying is I think the game it may actually be better anyway. Right, the changes, even if they weren't made for that reason, they would still have been better. So, Bubba, let me know when we have some calls ready to go and we'll start doing this because uh, I'm interested to hear. The, the question is very simple. Is football right now better than it's ever been before? How old you are might go a long way towards determining you know, the answer to that question. I'm 56. Hembo, you're 32? 33. 33. Cam is 16? 26. Bubba's in his late 30s. 
So I'm interested to hear what people have to say. So let's find that out. Let's start with this. Who's first up, Cam? Roy, the truck driver. Okay, Roy, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Before you answer your question, I'd like to ask you this. If you don't mind my asking, how old are you? I wanted to tell you, I'm 60. Okay, so you're 60 years old. Is football right now better or worse than it was when you fell in love with it? Worse. Tell me why. Okay, the bogus flags, you barely touch anybody. You get a flag. This is why nobody wants to tackle anymore, and that's sad. You get away from all the basic fundamentals of being taught how to tackle, but now we're going to throw a flag on you because you used what you were trained to do, basic tackling. Now, no one wants to touch anybody. This is what really pisses me off. Excuse me, y'all. Brady saying that uh, what he said, yeah, dude, you're the reason why can't nobody hit nobody no more. He needs to shut up. That's a that's a hypocritical statement. M- meaning that that Brady's career was prolonged by the protection of quarterbacks and the fact that one of the things they did, well, I assume Roy is saying, and Roy, thank you for the call, is they put in the protection for quarterbacks getting hit low after he got knocked out for the season in week one. Look. The alternative to that, though, Roy, you are more than welcome to your opinion. We appreciate it, and we appreciate the call. The alternative is, would you rather have a few bogus flags and Tom Brady playing the whole season or no flags and the best player in the sport getting knocked out week one? Like That's a simple trade-off, if you ask me. Yeah, and it's, and it's an opinion that I agree with. I, I think in Roy's defense, there are a lot of football fans, myself included, that are often like overwhelmed by the number of flags. I, I, I totally get that. But mm-hmm. those are the same people in my group chats that are watching 10 hours of football on a Sunday. Yeah. Like we're, just, we're just programmed to complain about something. That happens to be what it is. I, I think people as old as Roy, who has watched as much football as him, will often remember football as being greater than it actually was. They're still, like, if he quit watching football because of this, it's one thing. My best guess is that he still watches as much football, if not more football, than he used yeah, to. Yeah, the, the things about it that frustrate you are very transient. Right. Like, they come and go quickly. Right. Yes. There's nothing I, if there's one thing that frustrates me, it's that after every big play, the first thing you do is look on the screen to see if there's a little yellow thing that suggests a flag has been thrown, and far too often they have i get that of course that's frustrating but that goes into the basket like we're, we're, we're putting everything into one pot and is is what we're cooking up here in total better or worse than it used to be cam who's next joe in ohio all right joe you're on the dr pepper call in line so let's start with this joe how old are you uh, 43 green okay so you're younger you tell me is football better or worse than it's ever been this was a hard question i had you know, cam was asking but i i think it's better because the, the athletes are bigger and faster today. I mean, Dick Buckus wasn't running a, uh, a 4-4. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to change the game to keep the athletes somewhat safe. The, I mean, they've, they've changed so much, uh, you know, from now to when I was growing up. You know, with, even with the 85 Bears, the, the athletes are so different. If you don't change the game, you, you have serious, serious injury. And, and not that you didn't, you know, when I was – 10, 11, 12 years old, but that's a, it's a hard to answer. The game, is it's always been great. It, I think it's a little bit better to watch now because the athletes are better, faster. I think they just took it a little bit too far. Okay, I appreciate the call. Thank you for making it. Here's the thing. Yes, the, the dimensions of the field have not changed. The dimensions of the athletes have. They are bigger, they are stronger, and also faster. So I never liked physics when I was in school, but even I know that if you take a heavier object and you move it faster, 
then it is going to have more force. It has more energy. And you take two of those and you have them collide with each other. That 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 collision is going to have more energy and force in it, and thus the, the more potential for people to get seriously hurt. But it isn't even just that we see, because. There were hits that didn't involve people running at full speed. But you used to be able to run up to the quarterback and just take your forearm and smash him in the face with it. You go back and watch these games. That's what happened all the time. Joe Namath and Ken Stabler and Terry Bradshaw and these guys just getting up after being smashed in the face and they're woozy and they're shaking their heads. I mean, right now, some independent neurologist would be saying, get that guy off the field and they'd be out three weeks. Those guys wouldn't miss a play. Ken Stabler would walk over to the sideline. They'd say, do you know what day it is? He'd say six. They'd say, good enough, close enough, go back in. That's how it used to work. Bill Curry told the legendary story, legendary, on the old show. I I, I used to play it back all the time. That when he was playing for for the Green Bay Packers, he was the center. He was the offensive center. And one week he got his bell rung in a game. So to figure out if they could, if he could play the following week, Lombardi had him and Ray Nitschke, Go out onto the practice field together, just the two of them, on a Wednesday. And he had Nitschke hit Bill Curry in the head a bunch of times to see what would happen. And as Bill told the story, I didn't die, so I played in the game that Sunday. That's how this was. Was that better? Does anyone listening to that now think, oh, it was better when we used to do that? It doesn't. So, yes, every once in a while, do I miss the big hits? Sure. But I think it's better, and I think when you factor in all the... Because at the same time that I'm rooting for my team, I'm watching all these things come in, and I got my DraftKings lineup in this hand, and I got my fantasy lineup in this hand, and how many yards did Tua throw for, and how many yards did Brock Purdy throw for, and how many yards does Tyreek have, and all this kind of stuff. And that is more interesting than watching the three big hits a week that we don't get anymore. Right, and then the, pe- the players that are getting hit not playing in subsequent weeks because of it. Right. Like, like I said, everything's a trade-off. Like on the scale... What the NFL has, has weighted is most definitely worth what it's losing. Cam, give me one more. We got Bubba, not our Bubba, but right. another Bubba. <laughs> Bubba, how old are you? In Missouri. I am 35 years old. All right, what do you think? Is football better than it's ever been? Uh, I think uh, you kind of just took the wind out of my cell there of exactly what you just said. You know, it's the NFL now. You got you to gotta protect these investments, right? You got to, when you got a quarterback, you know, Patrick Mahomes making $500 million, you got to protect him. Uh, but I just think it's funny that Tom Brady is coming on saying that football is soft. When we, Chris Jones, got a bogus flag a couple years back in the AFC Championship that extended their drive on third and ten with a interception, and Chris Jones barely tapped uh, Tom Brady's helmet, and we ended up subsequently losing the game for that. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to protect these investments. Mm-hmm. To well said. Thank you for the call. And, and, and the league protecting its investment should not be the priority for the fan. I'm not suggesting you as a fan should. I'm not asking the question, is it the right thing to do? We all know it's the right thing to do. You pointed out the revenues. Every, every, everyone knows it's the right thing to do in every conceivable way. The question is, is the game actually better for it? And the argument I'm making is, I think it is. Right, and I think that's pretty clear and obvious based on just how many more people love it. How many more people are watching it? How many more people have a relationship with players on their phone, right? That's... That, I think, is as, as good as any proxy you can come up with. The league is most definitely more popular than ever, and I think thus, probably better than ever. I think it is actually popular with segments of society that would not have liked it the other way, would not have been as interested in it the other way in many ways. All right, thank you for the calls, as always. Coming up, the biggest game of the year so far is on the way. Is it for the last time? 
We'll explain after this on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, Before we wrap for the day, we will make sure we get in our KOD picks. Two baseball games and a Thursday night weekend kickoff on the schedule tonight. But the best game of the weekend, the biggest game of the year by far, is Penn State, Ohio State. One of those monster showdowns in college football that we tend to get maybe once a week, if that, if we're lucky. And this one has everything in the world at stake. So before I give you my thought on it, Hembo, give me some numbers. So this is the biggest impact game on the entire playoff race, at least according to our numbers, in terms of like the leverage for the college football playoff. And here's how I'll illustrate that. So our all-state playoff predictor says that if Penn State wins, we've got a 67% chance to get in. And if Ohio State wins, they've got a 74% chance to get in. Penn State's chances go from 67 to 17 if they lose, and Ohio State's from 74 to 24 if they lose. In other words, what's happening on Saturday in Columbus is effectively a playoff game. It's a playoff game. And that is what sets up the following conversation. Is that something we're going to lose, and is that something we're going to miss when we go forward? So, Bubba, I'll ask you. Many people may not know this, but Bubba, before his storied career in radio production, uh, Bubba was a a very, very high-ranking television executive. He ran multiple sports networks, and so so as a result, you were involved in in making so many of these TV deals um, that surround college football and all the other sports. So I understand going to the new playoff format, going to eight teams, 12 teams, what the future is going to look like. I understand the ways that's going to change the sport for the better. How concerned should I be 
that this Saturday at noon, I have a playoff game to watch, and that into the future, I will not have that in the middle of October. How do you factor that in, Baba Peregrine? I'm not that concerned. I'd have to see how it play out first. But even with the 12 teams, you know, I, I, the point is, I, I don't think you can rule out that you know, with a loss, Penn State would all of a sudden they still they still could be out of the playoffs if, if a loss of 12 teams. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not. I'm not worried. I guess is the point. Like whether it's four teams, 12 teams, whatever it is, the games are still going to be important. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So no matter how big the playoff is, I think the games are still going to be extremely important. So they can make they can expand the playoffs, shorten the playoffs. The games might be slightly more important, but I think people are still going to find things to hold on to when people are going to be locked in and say, this game is very important because of this. They need this game because of this metric. They need this game to get this seed. They need this game for this. So I, I, I don't think you're going to be, you know, it's going to lose any luster. I don't think it's anything to worry about. Yeah. So any is a good word there. Will it lose all its luster? Certainly not. The question, does it lose any of its luster? Because... What each college game now, this game, for example, is not, it's not important. It's Armageddon, right? It's literally everything. But here's my response to, to Hembo, to those who would say that we're going to lose this and it will be lost forever. Like every NFL game feels like your life depends on the outcome, doesn't it? If you're a fan of an NFL team, you, you know somewhere deep in the back of your subconscious that out of the 17 games, you're going to lose a minimum of four or five, and you probably still get into the playoffs losing six or sometimes seven of them. You know that, and yet when you're, while you're watching it, while I'm it's using me for an example, while I'm watching uh, Jets-Eagles last week, at no point am I thinking, well, if we lose this, it's okay. We still can get in. It still feels like my entire life hangs in the balance and so I have to believe, for those who were that passionate about college football, that will remain. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, this game in particular, we'll use it as, as our example, it might be 10% less important the next time they play it with a 12-team playoff. But I don't think 10% fewer people will watch. What yeah. I do think will make up for it is the fact that we will have more of these games because on this weekend slate, number 14 Utah plays number 18 USC. Right. That's a playoff game then. Right. And we'll have more of those because obviously there are more teams in your applicant pool. So I do think that there will be some kind of like nostalgia in terms of the elimination game in October that we're effectively getting here. But I think the fact that we'll get more of those games across the landscape is ultimately a net positive. It's a good point and well made. All right, one piece of business before we go. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Not the sexiest uh, Thursday night football game tonight. We got Jaguars Saints. You have any numbers for me on this? So so the big question here, of course, is, is Trevor Lawrence going to play? And if Trevor Lawrence plays, what percentage of Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence? My expectation is that he does play, in which case I actually do favor Jacksonville to win this game outright, which would be a really nice stretch for them. Having beaten Atlanta, gone to London and beaten Buffalo, then going back home, playing without a bye and beating Indianapolis, and then going to New Orleans and winning. That, that's what is facing them. It's a really tough task. Yeah. I, think they're up, I think they're up for it because that's a, that's a line basically that's built into the fact. It's, it's minus two, right? It's minus two in, in favor of New Orleans. That's hedging for Trevor Lawrence, either not playing or not being himself. I'm going to bet that he plays, plays well, and then Jacksonville wins this game outright. Okay, yeah. Look, I, I've been burned on them too many times. I'll take the Saints and I'll give the points. The Jags just haven't done what I expected them to do. At some point, I believe they will, but I will count on the fact based on the injury that tonight won't be that night. I'll take New Orleans minus the two. 
Phillies Diamondbacks, how confident are you? Uh, fairly so. The Phillies are a dollar thirty underdog. I would play it tonight. Ranger Suarez has a has a very clear advantage when it comes to the starting pitching matchup. The Diamondbacks are are pitching a, a young uh, rookie by the name of Brandon Fought, a right hander. I think the Phillies will get to him and get to him early. And in the late game tonight, I think Houston's going to tie this thing up, Greeny. They're they're a dollar five underdog in this game, but I'll play it. This is going to be a game that Jess Mendoza said will be a shootout. I like Houston for some odd reason. They just mash in that ballpark. That's going to be a series that's tied 2-2 after tonight. And so what I think we might be setting up here is for all the Philly fans to have this excuse when there's like a week layoff and, 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 and the Ashers are coming off a seven-game win in the, in, the, in the ALCS or something, and we're going to have that conversation again. I think the Phillies win, take a 3 nothing lead, and we're going to see like a six- or seven-game series in the American League. I want to talk tomorrow more about Altuve. I think that conversation was good. Cam, put that in the rundown for tomorrow, especially if he has another big night tonight. You know, the, the steroid era baseball players ha- will always have that attached to them. Uh, we don't view the numbers that A-Rod and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa, maybe Sosa most of all, Sammy Sosa put up numbers that, that once upon a time we would have thought he was a robot. I mean, right? we would have said, well, that's, it's just not physically possible. And of course it wasn't. Alex Rodriguez would be considered, well, Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez would be considered one and two of the greatest players that ever lived, but we don't consider them that because we all know why. Altuve, in a very different way, has that stigma, right? And I wonder how much of that should stick to him. What would he be if none of that had happened? So on my list of the greatest second baseman of all time, he would be seventh. But only (laughs) one of those guys, and that's Joe Morgan, has basically debuted in the last 100 years. Like, Jose Altuve is, is that historically great at the position he plays. Is he better than Ryan Sandberg? He's better than Ryan Sandberg. But when it's all said and done, he will be better than Sandberg, better than Cano, better than Utley, better than Pedroia, better than Bobby Gritch, better than Lou Whitaker. Like, all the great <coughs> second basemen that have come since Joe Morgan. He's going to be number one on that list with a sterling postseason reputation, except for the fact that he had to wear the sign-stealing scandal. Even though... We now know, based on the evidence, that he wasn't nearly as impacted by that as a lot of his teammates. Yeah, it wouldn't seem that way. It's, it's a good conversation. Put that in tomorrow, and I'd like to get to that, especially if he has another big night. So enjoy all the baseball. Every pitch will be here on ESPN Radio. we got the football and much more, too, and we'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow. Same time, same place, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.